So I'm cool. I'm gonna move on from there. Technology is terrible. It's it, it is absolutely hated us these past like two and a half months now. Um, I mentioned <laughs> last week when Jess and Belinda were on that. Yeah, two weeks ago, uh, you sent me your end of the audio and it was eight minutes long. And I was like, oh, it's okay. You know, we we have the backup thing. That's why we do redundant recordings. And then here we are. We're, so I, 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 I went to go, go check uh, the redundant recording. And, of course, the redundant recording was nowhere to be found. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. So sounds about right. It, it was terrible. Um, even last week, Belinda sent me her file. And somewhere along the line from her sending it to me, she recorded it just fine. Uh, but somewhere along the line of her recording it and sending it to me, it messed up as well. Like yeah. it registered that uh, it was it, 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 it was the 100, not 100, 100 uh, I was about to say 130 minutes, but it, it, it was the hour and a half that we recorded hoarded like it it had that the whole length but still like 13 minutes in it just went silent and the rest of the recording was silent thankfully the backup worked on that one but again here we are um technology is not liking us at all so who knows what the deal is with that i didn't say ducks i said fucks now dare you autocorrect. See, even autocorrect is my enemy. <laughs> Fuck all technology today. Stone tablets forever. I'm bringing it back. The new hotness. Stone, Stone tablets. tablets forever. Um, yeah, man. We it's it's been a while since you've been on the the podcast. Uh, it's yes, been a couple that's weeks. True. Um, what have you been up to been, recently? Uh, you were a big movie a, star this a movie. past week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, making it, the entire month of August was basically making this movie and going to work and not getting nearly enough sleep. <laughs> that was my <laughs> August of August of That's 2018. The... Was a whole lot of not sleeping, a whole lot of overusing uh, caffeine, and uh, uh, lots of uh, lots of shenanigans. Yes, yeah. that's that's the brief version. <laughs> so. Uh, th- this movie that you were making, I know it's somehow X Men related, and yes, it's a fan film. What what's the deal here? You were calling it Project Blackbird for a while, and then all of a sudden, yeah. It's we, like, so oh, we we're didn't. Filming. We we're wanted shooting. to. We wanted to give. So the film, uh, the film is called Wolverine Chronicles, and it is a prequel to Logan. So it takes place okay. uh, several years. It's a little, it's a little indescript about like exactly the timeline, but it's it's. I imagine it's several years before Logan, but it's clearly it's the future. Most of the X Men are dead at that point. It's a pretty dark, you know, timeline, just like the Logan movie itself. And um, mm-hmm. the leads in the film are uh, Logan, of course, um, Caliban, and uh, Charles Xavier. Uh, and I play uh, I play Xavier. Um, that was a huge shock and honor to be asked, um, 
my buddy Anthony, who um, plays Deadpool in the film, because the two lead villains that I can reveal at least are um, Sabretooth and uh, Deadpool. And uh, it, so it's kind of, without spoiling anything, it's kind of a, kind of a road trip, they're on the run kind of kind of film and uh anthony the uh yeah is the producer as well as being uh, deadpool in the film and he had uh, asked me about it way back in march of this year uh when we were at emerald city comic-con um mm-hmm. and uh we were doing a photo shoot then together and because uh, that's most of these they're all cosplayers every every actor in this is a local cosplayer okay. so like we didn't go to like yeah we didn't go to like you know, a production team, and we didn't like do open casting. We we kind of went with people that we knew, You're and just, uh, yeah, getting a local it, team together. Yeah, just getting well. Just it's a lot of work and a lot of work. I I didn't realize quite how much until I started doing it. Um, and you know, everyone says they want to do it. Everyone, you know, everyone says all day, "I want a podcast. I want to make a record. I want to." you know, paint, whatever it is. Everyone says it all day, but yeah. few people actually do it and put in the work and continue to put in the work because it's really hard to see it some days, you know, because um, it just feels like it's just work, work, work. Uh, like, I still haven't seen a cut of the film yet, so, like, I saw little bits and pieces on the camera uh, from Nico, our director of photography, who was sure. absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, the little bits that I saw were like, oh, dope, that looks really good. So, like, I... I know that, like, visually it's going to look really cool, and, like, he really knows his stuff as far as, like, framing and everything, but, yeah, even now I put in, like, all this work, and I I haven't seen... There's whole parts of the film that I haven't seen at all, because I wasn't there for the filming. Uh, being one of the leads, I had to be there most of the time, but there's certain kind of, you know, side pieces and things that, you know, they did when I was, like, on vacation and, and stuff like that, so it's really exciting to kind of... Um, do think about how it's going to turn out because of course I, I know i know the story and i've read the script a bunch of course um but uh some of the stuff i've only seen like kind of behind the scenes photos and that kind of thing but yeah anthony <laughs> asked me about it at emerald city and it was hey man do you want to do this youtube video with me and he's a really good deadpool he's probably the best i've seen uh it's like movie quality deadpool cosplay nice and i thought he meant like a like a sh- five to ten minute little fuck around video you Uh know and i was like well yeah of course man you're my friend i'll do it whatever because i'm not an actor i'm a photographer that's what i do um but i'm bald and whatever i look enough like (laughs) professor x i guess i mean i I get it um and i thought that's what he meant that's what yeah like I'm, i'm a bald white man that is the thing um Originally, that's what I like signed up for because um, that's how he described it to me. And then he um, did it turn into something bigger as you guys went on. You're like, I oh, think it, it did. Cool I think it. Did I think it's no. I think it's. A, I think it snowballed into a bigger thing, really, because um, it sounded like it was more of a goofy thing at first, and uh, yeah. Then we just we kind of just didn't talk about it for a while. He'd he'd bring it up occasionally. Like we did a photo shoot a few months later. And that's the one I when I met um, Julian, who's uh, Wolverine in the film, and Wolver- and he's the best Wolverine cosplayer I've ever seen, uh, and I've seen a lot of Wolverine cosplay. I didn't realize that he was local to the area until after Emerald City Comic Con because I saw him there. Dope. And the crazy thing is, he has a daughter, Adriana, and his daughter is the same age as the girl that played X twenty three. And so when I first saw them, they were doing Old Man Logan and X twenty three. Oh, that's and so I, like, cool! Lost my mind. And I was like, and they look really, really good. So I was like, holy shit! 
I didn't realize he was local. Again, then we did a, we did a photo shoot together, and um, he's a really nice guy, really awesome. Um, and then he approached Julian about uh, doing the film, and I started to get the idea then that it was like a bigger thing than, <laughs> than originally it had been pitched. I was like, oh, Wolverine's going to be in this thing? Like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, we we had a production meeting at uh, Steiner's house. Steiner's the guy that's going to play Caliban, and his parents live on this gorgeous lake in Renton, which is about an hour away from me. Okay. And um, and suddenly there was like there was like there was you know like nine people there or something. It was like not a ton, but there was like there's there's a director and there's a <laughs> producer and like and they're handing out scripts and uh, I'm like oh this is like a serious thing. I really. Uh, I didn't quite realize how that's funny. How, how serious. It so first. you you wrapped up shooting this past Friday, then, right? Wednesday morning. It was Wednesday oh, okay. morning for for me. Yeah, um, we um, we did some flashback stuff. I can say that without spoiling anything because I gotcha. had to grow a, a, a short beard for Professor X because he's kind of scraggly in the in the Logan timeline. Um, but uh, yeah, so I had to be all you know clean cut for the uh, and of course Julian, you know he's got the beard and, and yeah. Logan and everything, so he had to go back the, to the, the like the the big chops <laughs> and like he's got different he's got different hair when he's yeah when he's you know younger Wolverine and everything. So Wednesday was all flashback stuff that we um, we found a really cool location that looks a lot like um, the, the school for gifted youngsters and uh, it looks yeah really. Pretty solid. So, um, when can I watch this on Netflix? When when it's gonna when be that whole deal coming in? So, and can I get some of the money f- that you guys get from your Netflix deal? <laughs> well, we can't make any money off it because we don't, you know, own the copyright. So it's purely oh, a fan know, film made made from love. But uh, which I mean, the good thing is uh, it's going to be one hundred percent free, of course. Um, it's a feature-length film. It's going to be a, roughly mm. an hour total, but it's split into six parts is how it's going to work. And okay. uh, part one is going to drop on the 9th of September. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that as be of this two... recording, it's about a week. Yeah, that will, yeah, as of this recording, just over a week. Uh, but once as of it has released, probably a couple days, To I think. the public, <laughs> yeah, like two days. Yeah. So... That's so cool. and that'll Good be stuff. up on YouTube and wherever else we can we can put it up and we're gonna hype the shit out of it. We're all super proud of it and uh, yeah, I'm gonna make sure as many people watch it as possible. Um, Good stuff. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be fun. And again, um, at least part one will be out by then. I don't <coughs> know if I don't know the release schedule as far as if it's gonna be like weekly or you know every other week that the episodes come out. But I know we'll figure it out. We've been editing this whole time, and as far as like CG and stuff, it's all pretty minimal. So it should be completely out and completely finished pretty pretty quick. Sounds good. Well, if you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode twenty of the Captain's Log a weekly show that we do here at the Whatnots where we can just hang out and talk about whatever we want because it's our off-topic oh, yeah. show. Hang out and relax. Drink some beer or something. Who knows? Make some movies. Man, I should have had a beer. That would have helped all these computer problems. Oh, yeah. Good God. Oh, man. Well, I've, I've, I've been sick this, this past week. That's kind of why my voice is a little bit raspy right now yeah i can hear it you get that sexy berry white thing going on Ooh, hey. baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um 
But yeah, so I, I had a sore throat yesterday and the day before. Uh, I don't have one today, but it's kind of moved into like a mild <laughs> cough as my co-host c- coughs at the same time. <laughs> um, uh, well, I haven't seen you. We've, we've, we've been in a construction at work, and so I've been breathing in about a pound of, of sawdust, sawdust today. Yeah. Yeah, Crazy. it's over now, so it'll start to pass. But this is five weeks. This is five weeks and of this cough. And all of the, the smoke. Healthier. We were talking about the fire the, last week. The fucking, yeah, the smoke didn't help. When, during my vacation, I thought I was going to get away from all, like, you know, the horrible pollutants. And no, no, because the entire Pacific Northwest was covered in, in smoke, smoke from all the wildfires ash, yeah. from California. So that was great. Crazy. Yep. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we had a good episode last week. Belinda finally made it on the podcast. Uh, it's Very been, exciting stuff. Yeah, it's been like a month or two uh, in 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 the making. That was fun. Jess joined us again. And again, it's one of those things where she was on the, the week before, <laughs> but that episode never came out. So she was yeah. back on again for the first time. <laughs> Uh, but that was a lot Good of fun. Thing. She was. She also joined me last week on the review show and is joining me again uh, when we record this weekend as well. Um, so that so... that's a lot of fun. It's good. Good to have her on the shows as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So besides this. Uh, this movie stuff. What have you been up to? What's been What's been going on in the world of Eric Mannix? I'll be honest, man. That's been it. It's been It's been work. It's been the movie. Um, we went on vacation. Um, that was the only thing that was out of the ordinary. Um, we went to uh, Seaside for a day. That's a nice oceanfront town down in Oregon. Um, total tourist trap. I mean, every single day sure. is there to suck your money. But it's a very beautiful beach, and there's some really good food. And they have like a, an old school arcade there. Like they used to have an X Men machine for the longest time. And it's gone now, and I'm really sad about it. But uh, yeah, we spent a day there. My wife's from Montana, and so she grew up landlocked, which I kind of always forget because yeah. I don't think the Pacific Northwest beaches, at least specifically the Washington beaches, are that great. I think they're kind of shitty, but uh, Seaside's pretty nice. Um, they, we did that for like a day. Um, her grandparents live in this tiny little town called Philomath. <coughs> it's also in Oregon. Um, on the way to her grandparents' house, we went to the Tillamook factory, which they've newly remodeled. And uh, I love cheese. Like, I just love cheese so much. Like, there are many things, like, people go on, like, all these fucking diets all the time. Like, Nico, the director of photography, is on this diet right now where, like, he uh, he can't have, like, refined sugars and he can't have, like, dairy. I'm like, fuck, no cheese? He can't eat that cheese sucks, or bread. Man. And that's, like, my... My entire diet is cheese and bread. If I didn't, if I couldn't eat cheese and bread, I would literally starve to death. That, like, that like, would probably be, probably be me as well. That for and real, all of those like, processed sugars. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh yeah, 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 tons of sugar. I mean, fuck yeah, like I'm basically like a fucking squirrel or something. I don't know. Sugar bread and cheese. Form. Yeah, sugar bread cheese. Need it. Need it now. Um, but the Tillamook factory was super super cool. Um, Oh, it was funny too because there's a we wanted to get ice cream there, 
And uh, the line was fucking enormous because it was the busiest I have ever seen it. And I've been in the summer before there, but it was like intense even even for that. Uh-huh. Um, and so uh, down the road, there's a Blue Heron Creamery, which is like a way smaller little little place that makes their own stuff. Okay. Um, and they were cool. We did some taste testings there. But then we were like, well, let's get some ice cream here. And it was like, guess <laughs> what? They have Tillamook ice cream. So we ended up getting Tillamook ice cream anyway, but at this tiny little like mom-pop place. Um, and yeah, we spent a couple days at her grandparents' house. Um, her grandparents are in their early 80s, and they're both dying of cancer. And so we, mm-hmm. um, we, spend, as, we spend as much time with them as we can, which... Sure usually ends up being you know two or three times a year um because they live like three hours away and with our our schedules it's it's not a ton but Mm -hmm. it was really cool getting to see them and uh there's the best bakery i've ever been to is in philomath and it's called nutcakes and they have seriously the best donuts i've ever had it's called Nutcakes. Because Philomath, I don't know, it's probably like less than 10,000 people in, in Philomath. It's a tiny town. Like, it's really small. The big city, quote unquote, is Corvallis, where the, the Oregon Beavers are. Okay. Um, and the, it's like the Beavers and the Ducks. I don't know much about sports, but the Beavers and the Ducks are like the big like Apparently rivalry in Oregon. football as as... just started up. Yeah, I don't know. Again, so... I, don't, I, don't follow, I don't follow sports, but... Um, it's only funny because, uh, so you go into Corvallis, which is like roughly the size of like my city, Olympia, probably smaller, I think even, but it's the big city compared to Philomath and everything's orange because that's the school color. So like everything's fucking orange. Everything's orange, 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 go beavers, go beavers. And like literally pictures of beavers everywhere. It's fucking hilarious. (laughs) Um, and then the Oregon ducks, they're like green and yellow is their thing, right? And so, of course, her family um, is all, they're all huge Beavers fans. And every time we go down for Thanksgiving, there's a big Civil War game where it's the Ducks versus the Beavers. But the best part is, is my brother-in-law, Cameron, is a Ducks fan. And he's the only one in the family. And so he always rolls (laughs) out in all his gear. And, like, people give him, like, murder looks. And I'm like, I don't know that motherfucker. I don't know him. I don't care about sports, but I'm not trying to get killed by some hick over here. I don't know you people. I grew up a red skin fan by default my 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 dad was a, a redskin fa- fan um yeah and one of our family <laughs> friends uh they had a kid who was my age and then the father uh was a big dallas cowboy fan and you know the redskins oh, and the cowboys, cowboys yeah. they're they're a yeah. big rivalry um but uh, they would go to the the Redskin games from time to time, and of course, if you go to a Redskin game in cowboy attire, that's like blasphemy. Like you, like pe- people will throw food at you. Like it is the worst time. It's not f- fun. Uh, but they they went, and this guy would still always wear his Cowboys jerseys and stuff like that. Oh uh, man. But- my dad would have to be like, it's okay, it's okay, he lost a bet, you know, don't uh-huh. harass him, you know, um, just so he he wouldn't get picked on for having a Dallas Cowboys, the cowgirls, as as the, they would say. <laughs> so, that's crazy stuff, oh, man. man. So, uh, school started Whoa. for your kids, right? Yeah, uh, it's about to on. Uh, on well, <laughs> as of this recording, this, this coming, this coming, this coming Wednesday, uh, okay. my wife Wednesday. is back in school. Um, 
you see, she has like you know planning days and in uh, sure. Uh, you know, trainings and, and sending up for class and stuff. So like to, so like today she just went in for a couple hours. Yesterday she was gone for a good long time. Um, okay. Basically, because st- school doesn't st- school starts late here compared to a lot of the country. Like it, it's uh, it's like the first week or two into September that school starts, and then they don't get out for summer break until like the middle or or even late June. That's that, pretty. It's pretty late compared to a lot of places in the country. That was always the same for me as well. We started like mid September, and then it was really late. Uh, in summer, I think my mic just cut out there for a sec. I don't know. That was weird. Um, I mean, I can hear you just fine as far as recording. Oh, okay, cool. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, we've had so many technical difficulties. Yeah. Let me check around. Well, somebody, yeah. Okay, it's fine. Okay. Um, but, yeah, but we, like, I, I grew up in Northern Virginia, and we we have a good mix of the seasons there. So our summers like? are hot and they're humid and they're terrible. Our winters are cold and wet. Um, but we would have a lot of snow days and stuff as well. So as late as school was supposed to go, we always had to like make up like a week's worth of school. So we were oh, always out like an extra week after every and after everyone else. It was the worst. Um, but of okay. course. By the by, by then we're all, all watching Disney films and stuff like that. Or remember the Titans? That was the one. Yeah, like look, we're all checked out uh, at this point. So. <laughs> you guys Let's have all taken your your uh, what were they? The SOLs that we had to do. Those SOLs. were the tests that we took. The standards of learning tests were awful. I don't know if I did. Was that all the stuff? There was a bunch of standardized testing that I implemented after I left. It, that was so, probably it. Because I'm, I, you, you, so, ju- you just I mean, turned I, I, 38, like a week 38, ago or so, yeah. right? I mean, I had standardized testing and stuff, but they they did stuff after I left, and I don't know what it's called anymore. But I know my because bro- my brothers are just a few years younger than me. Um like my brother Sean, we're about a year and a half apart. So me and my youngest brother Peter, who was on the show that apparently never came out. <laughs> thanks, thanks, computers. Yeah. Um, me and Peter, my youngest brother, are only three years apart. But um, by the time Peter was in high school, he had to do the test as long as well as Sean. But they didn't like count them yet. It was like a oh well, okay. like a practice like thing a for like test later run to see how um, he goes. Yeah, like a test run kind of. But like I never took it at all. Um, that's like, I don't know, one of those yeah. weird generational things, I guess. Weird things, yeah. Um, <coughs> there you go, man. It's it's so it's strange for me to to kind of keep in mind the school schedule because I no longer have to pay attention to like when classes start and when I need to register oh, and all that stuff. It runs my whole life. You know, my wife's a teacher, and I've got one kid in school, and my youngest is now in preschool, and Emma's going to be, you know, full-time school next year. So it's like, that's my existence, basically. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I remember, uh, I think it was, it was the fall semester here in Richmond when school was starting back up again, and I, I had no idea it was, like, the move-in date, and I ordered pizza that that night and it didn't come for like an hour 
And I was like, what the fuck is happening? And the the guy got there. He's like, I am so, so sorry. We're slammed. The, like all of the students came back today. I was like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Like you're not just fucking around and taking your time. (laughs) It's like, there's all these like new college kids who don't know how to go to the grocery store. (laughs) Like me, (laughs) who's ordering pizza. (laughs) So, yeah. Not fun, not fun. But I, I found out that I, I have uh, Labor Day off, so I, I have this coming Monday off, uh, which is nice. And I, I did, nice. did not expect. Um, I was expecting to go into work on Monday because I had no idea it was Labor Day, and uh, I was going to be See, working my ironically. Ass off. Yeah, I always work Labor Day. That's one of those weird like ironies in life. Like, oh, let's celebrate. It's the so, working man by so I I yeah I it it makes no sense but I I work for a school I, I work for a university uh, but I'm not I'm yeah. not a teacher or a- a- anything <laughs> um, but th- there's certain days where we work when like the 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 school is supposedly shut down and like the the students aren't there uh, but then during like winter break like i i don't work that whole time and it's like mandatory like you're not supposed to work yeah no one will be here but no one is there during the summer and we have to work during the summer it's strange so it's yeah. you never know they're always like okay you have this next monday off it's like oh okay cool sweet uh-huh. so, and i'm t- also taking off next friday because the new Spider-Man PS4 game is finally coming oh, out. Oh, yeah. And I am super excited. the hotness. Yes, it is. And I took off of work. Um, I'm amazed at how many people always already have, like, amazing cosplays for it. It was, like, the minute the trailer started coming out, like, I've seen a few well, they, really, really good ones. They, yeah, they, they dropped the first, like, teaser trailer at E3, I think. <sighs> Not this past one, but the year before, I think. 2017 is that right yeah Yeah. um sounds right yeah it was like 2016 or 2017 is when the first teaser came out and they've been working on it for a long long time um but i am very excited uh and if you guys did not catch uh our last episode of the captain's log uh belinda garcia uh is going to be on kind of funny games daily uh on that that day um it it, it was neat because i i'm a big fan of the kind of funny content and uh she was at a whole bunch of the conventions and stuff that they were at and greg miller who does a lot of the kind of funny stuff um he's one of the main guys he was on kind of funny games day 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 daily and he mentioned the geeks of color uh, which Belinda also writes a bunch of articles and stuff for them, uh, and oh, yeah. yeah, and so I was like, oh hey, Belinda, they 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 mentioned you guys, and then she came on the show and was like, well, maybe sometime down the road you should uh, keep an eye out for me on that show, maybe. And I was like, no way. She was like, yeah, at the at the end of September, we'll be on. Uh, but I, 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 I was like, as long as it's not September 7th, because I'm going to be playing Spider-Man, 
Uh, and she was like, well, you might want to keep your eyes out that day as well. Uh, so that that was really exciting to hear. So by time this goes up, I, I, I guess the exact same day, she will have been on Kind of Funny Games Daily, which is exciting. That's super dope. Very cool stuff. Oh, yeah. Tell me, Eric, what kind of comics have you been getting into recently? Did, did you read anything on your vacation? Marvel started, well, Archie started doing these Marvel digests like a year, year and a half ago, I think. Um, something I've been saying they should do forever of like, you know, having like little reprint books that they can sell in the grocery store because even yeah. though I work in a direct market store, there's not, there's a, you know, <laughs> I. I almost tend to forget there's a lot of places that don't have that, you know, don't have an actual comic store in their town. In fact, probably most places don't now. It's a dying industry in that in that regard. Yeah. Um, but, like, I always thought it was cool that you could, you know, be at Safeway or wherever and, like, you'd see, like, the Archie Digest sitting there next to, you know, whatever magazines were there. And so you could, like, impulse grab it, you know, as you're shopping and, and always... I always thought it was weird that, like, Marvel and DC didn't do that, considering they've got, like, you know, 75, 80 years worth of books that they could... Even if it was, like, never new stuff, even if it was, like, just reprint reprint books. yeah. You know, and make it cheap, make it that little format. And they finally started doing that for Marvel. DC has a similar thing, but they're only doing it at uh, Walmart, which seems like a uh, a bad decision. Those 100-page Yeah, I don't... And I haven't read any of those ones, so I don't know. Is that supposed to be an I, I thought those were all reprints. I don't know. I think it's a limited run, but I really don't know. The 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 Marvel ones, I started buying them, and they've been like they're each one is themed. So like the first one's all Spider Man stories, and uh, and then like one will be X Men, one will be Thor, and a lot of them are like Avengers. But like if it's Avengers books, it'll have like a, an emphasis on like. Black Panther or an emphasis okay. on, you know, Captain America within that. That's just because, you know, with Avengers, there's so many books. Um, the the basic format of them, I think they're around 100 pages or so. They're they're like a decent little size. Um, and they're like seven books, full color. Um, and they start with, like, Silver Age stuff, and they work up to, like, the more kid-centric animated stuff. So it's kind of a cool blend of, like, well, here's the 60s book, here's, like, a 70s or 80s book. And then mm-hmm. as you keep going, um, it'll it'll kind of go through the timeline, so you'll kind of get a little slice of this character's history. So it's uh, almost like a teaser for that character. Um, and gotcha. so far, I've only read the first couple. I, I keep buying them; they're already on like the seventh or eighth one. I've only read the first like two, <laughs> but I started kind of reading those on my fast, vacation. Man. They do, and I just God, I never fucking have time. But I. Uh, I started reading those. Um, I had time at my grandparents' house because they uh, they just sit around in the shop and drink all day, and so uh, I got a lot of reading done then. Um, and that was uh, so that was cool. Um, but again, that's all like old reprint material. But um, some of the stuff was really cool. Like in the Spider Man one, there was some uh, some Marvel Age and Marvel Adventures stuff, and that was all. Yeah, within the last 12 or 13 years, like, quasi-recent, aimed at kids. I don't like a lot of the current Marvel kids stuff because they basically just screen cap the cartoons now. Yeah. I think that's fucking lame. 
But uh, with the Marvel I mean, Age and guess the Marvel Adventure stuff, if they're watching it was the cartoon like, though, drawn. like that's not a bad idea. But it's, it's like, like the, it's hey, like they, the they same know thing. The cartoon. Though. It's Here's like this, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, but it's like if you've seen the, the cartoon, it's literally the same thing. Though it looks like it, uh, okay. it looks like it. It's literally that it would looks suck. like it's exact. Yeah, it looks like it's screen grab. So it looks like ugh, if you've read the comic or the seen the show, there's no point. Um, but yeah, some of the Marvel Age Spider Mans I read, Mark Brooks did the art on him, and Mark Brooks is a pretty big name now, and he uh, I think he mostly does covers more than anything um although he did full interiors on the uh the first han solo miniseries from a couple years back um okay and so yeah so phenomenal art and uh the cool thing too is like some of those books they took the old lee ditko spider-man stories and they just like kind of did a retelling of them with like super modern art and uh you know, the, the way they told the stories was more modern so i was like oh that's kind of cool they weren't um, explaining so it made me... everything that's happening in the panel yeah <laughs> n- not nearly the yeah exactly not nearly the exposition that lee had in the original stuff uh, but it kind of made me appreciate you know those kid books um even more because i remember reading some of the marvel adventure spider-man when they came out and thinking they were fairly fairly good but uh i don't know made me appreciate them even more and cool. uh they only come out every other month, the the digest, and with as much material as Marvel has, it seems like they should be doing like at least twice a month and not every other month, but I mean, it is what it is. At least they have a digest book, so that's really cool. I haven't really been reading anything new. Um, there's a new Matt Kent and Tyler Jenkins book called Black Badge that I just picked up. It's from Boom Studios. It looks huh. like it's a like boys if boys boy scouts were like like spies or like secret agents it looks really cool but i haven't read it yet i just bought it and it's sitting in my ever growing to read list um yeah kenton jenkins they just did a phenomenal read called uh, grass kings um, i've heard of that people, i, I like the art on yeah the, uh, like, that's tyler jenkins Tyler Jenkins, um, if they do watercolors on his stuff, I, I really, really like it. With, like, digital colors, it doesn't really work for me, at least from what I've seen. But with watercolors, his stuff is just, like, perfect. And Matt Kitt's the same way. His art's, like, it's very stylized. But if it's, um, if it's, uh, if it's got those amazing watercolors to it, then I just, I'm super, okay. super into it. So that looks really good. Um, and then I started rereading, um, um, Oh my god, I almost said Sam and Twitch. Um, or is it Sam and Twitch? What's the... Yeah, Sam and Twitch. Yeah, that is Sam and Twitch. That's right. <laughs> Sam and Twitch, the, the two cops from the Spawn universe, they uh, they had a crime noir book uh, many, many years, early 2000s. It was one of Bendis' first works. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. I think it was the first thing he got like hired to do because he had been doing his own self-published stuff until that point, and then McFarland saw like Torso, it. I think it was. And uh, okay. Bendis's art fucking is fucking horrible, but people started to realize Wait, that his he's, writing he's on was the art decent. In, in in that too. No, no, no! Thank God, no. Oh. Sam and Twitchy is not. But on if you I read Torso say. and Goldfish, he does the art, and his art sucks. Um, <laughs> but people, people like it does. I'm sorry, this, I'm sure there's people that like it, but it's not good. I mean, a it's lot like of people think his lot. writing sucks too. <laughs> well, I I also well, you know how I feel about his writing, but okay. With Bendis, I tend to like his crime stuff. I think his superhero yeah. stuff is mostly garbage, but his it's, crime fiction it's is pretty solid. Good if you can binge it all. Like if you if you if you're reading it month to month, I, I there's a lot of stuff that I I don't think holds up at 
at all. Yeah. But if 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 you can I sit down and read the, the whole thing, he's on the, he's, he's on the book in, too. Yeah, in one big chunk, <laughs> chunk, and I think that at, at least helps some. But uh, uh, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm rereading Sam and Twitch because uh, okay. they did a couple of like pretty sizable collections, and I got the first one I got as a gift many years ago and I read it then and then it gotcha. kind of sat collecting dust on my shelf and then the second volume I got for like five bucks at one of our sales at the shop and so I'm do pretty you, sure that's like the complete run it was only like 19 issues or something it wasn't a terribly long series do you read it's really much good. of Valiant comics I, I love Valiant um, what I've read of Valiant I really like um, I'm not caught up on any of the current stuff and I don't think I've read a Valiant book in like a year or two year the two. last thing I read was Rye for the for Out of the Fridge um, okay. I read Rye and Rye I, Rye is pro, one of my I haven't favorites. read that one yet de- might be, Rye's sick if you want a good cyberpunk story it's Which fucking right amazing yeah, it's I've, dope. Clayton Crane is the art. Matt Kent is the writer on it. It's really, really good. Um, I also love Archer and Armstrong. Um, both runs. Um, we love, almost picked uh, that for this past week on the review show, Archer and Armstrong. It's uh, really, I've, really good. I've, uh, I've, I've, I've been Harbinger diving back phase. into Valiant uh, this past week. And I th- I've I bought, they've done they've done a couple humble bundles, and I've bought I buy all yeah. the humble bundles when they do them, and so um, I've been able to yeah read a lot of them that way. Um, so I read the there's first a, several volumes of most of them. And there's a bunch I of really them on Comicsology Unlimited. They they have a lot of their stuff from when they when, when they did their like reboot or uh, their reboot. I mixed reboot and relaunch, so it was our reboot. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but uh yeah i've I, I think i've read like the first five or six volumes of both uh exo man of war uh harbinger and bloodshot uh and nice. i re- i read the first volume of unity uh and the first volume yes, or like the first issue of uh, what's it called Ar- archer and armstrong so i'm about to yep. read some more archer and armstrong um soon but it's really good like i'm i'm i've i read i think up through the first harbinger wars stuff like two years ago and i was like damn i've been missing out uh and i never really went anywhere with it and then i think i tried to reread some stuff like a year ago and again just got busy and caught up on stuff and i'm trying again for the third time and again i'm just like man this stuff is so good I really like these characters. Yeah. Um, everything I've read, I've really enjoyed. Uh, some more than others, just because... The, the good thing about the Valiant Universe is they do different genres, um, but it yes. is a connected universe. Um, yeah. And for the most part, you can read just one book and be fine. Like, if you read Archer and Armstrong... Um, It'll give you everything you need, but within Arthur and Armstrong, you'll see like the Eternal Warrior will show up at one point. Yep. Um, and it's Ivar like, well, if you Walker, wanted to know more, you could, like yeah. That. And Ivar Tom Walker because they're brothers; they're all three brothers, and so you could uh, you could go down that rabbit hole if you wanted, but you don't have to. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the thing I enjoy. I like having a shared universe, but one where you're not penalized 
if you're not reading everything. Um, but if you want, you are rewarded for with a with a more big picture stuff. Yeah, um, and it's really not even so that far. much. Like they're they're obviously not as big as Marvel and DC. Well, they keep, um, they keep they keep the line small. Like exactly. the first Archer book ended. Um, just because they 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 had done telling they were done telling the story they wanted to, and there was a brief period where there wasn't an Archer and Armstrong book, and then it came back with like a new volume. It was like Adventures of, um, but they've done a few of them, like Eternal Warrior. They'll some, they'll do like these shorter or longer runs, and then it's like, well, as the story reaches its natural life cycle, they'll end it, That's and it, then yeah. they don't like have to do it. So they keep the line small on purpose, and doing it that way, the quality stays very high, which. Well, I wish every publisher would do that. Um, so really, if you bought every Valiant book that came out in a month, you'd probably only get 48 books. I mean, like, you know, you wouldn't be, like, breaking the bank by any means. Um, yeah, they've been imp- they've been impressing me. Um, I really I really enjoy what I've read. I yeah. definitely like... So, it's, it's really neat. like them. It's, it's neat, too, because I, I feel like a lot of the characters... I got you something. Um, Oh, thank you, baby. <laughs> Kate, you want to say hi? Hi. Have you met Kyle yet? Hello. Come here. Come here. Come here. <laughs> Look, you're on the podcast. Hey, Let's see right yeah. there. Key down there. Yep. Thank you for the blueberries. <laughs> Kate, do you have anything to say about the Valiant Universe of Comics? <laughs> that yeah, face did. was beautiful. I asked her what she thought what about Valiant you, Comics. What did she like, do? She just like turned and looked at me like. It's like I don't know what you. It's like man, I know what you said, little kid, but you special, man. You touch me, man. That's basically what I just got from my kid. <laughs> so what? What I was saying was that it's it's neat because each each book you read, yeah, they are the hero of their own book, but. In the universe as a whole, not every character is always a hero in, in oh, the yeah. things. Like, it, like I'm really like I, I I read I think the first five or six volumes of Exo Man of War, and I love that character. But he's also like to some of the other characters within that universe, he presents a problem, and so he's kind of like the not not villain per se but he you know he's he's the problem that they have to go take care of he's you know um so it's 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 neat that there's like these kind of moral ambiguities and different sides of like well this guy's doing a good thing and i want to root for him but at the same time he's also causing problems for over here and that stuff and you know and it's it's neat how it works. That's something that I I I don't see in Marvel or DC. It's always very clear cut. Of these are the good guys, and these are the bad guys, and they only ever do yeah. good things, or they only ever do bad things. Um, but this it 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 feels a lot more natural of 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 just like yeah. hey, not like not everyone is gonna do good 100% of the time. Not everyone is going to do bad 100% of the time. Sometimes they just have to look after themselves, you know, and that might put them against someone else. Yeah, and I find stories like that very... a lot more interesting, a lot more compelling. Um, 
I'm not interested in like hero versus hero stories like Civil War and stuff where they like do that thing all the time because that just feels like a contrived event thing. But if it's like, you know, yeah, we just have different um, paths on this particular thing, uh, but it's not necessarily that one is right and one is wrong or one is good or one is evil. That's a lot more interesting. And uh, I think Valiant's done that really well, especially with like, yeah, the Harbinger Wars stuff because you kind of see with that, like the Harbinger, they 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 did some really messed up stuff. The organization, the guy that leads Harbinger, Harada, I think his name is. Like he seems Toyo like a Harada. pretty horrible person. Yeah, uh, but then like Bloodshot, yeah, was like literally designed to be like a trained assassin, and he killed a bunch of kids and stuff. And he wasn't in control of himself when he did it, but it still happened. And, and that's you know, he's all still, these like, kids know. They know him as this. Yeah, man and so like, yeah, and so it's super. Harbinger Wars was especially powerful, and he's just like, "I'm here to save you." And they're like, "Ah!" He's like, "No, I did. Oh God, this <laughs> is like man. not how." He's kill yeah, exactly. Off. They're just like, "Yeah, um, that was such but a then, good yeah, story." Yeah, and then at the same time, in the Harbinger book, uh, the team of the renegades that they that they make, the guy who leads that is a terrible person as well. Like he, yeah basically i mean he's he's tr- tr- trying to do good now and make up for it but he wants revenge uh for harada killing his best friend but at the same time yeah he did some fucked up things too he basically <laughs> raped no, a he did some... girl and like, yeah yeah he did some real messed up stuff yeah and was you know so he's he's in it's it's this thing where like yeah he's not a good person he's terrible he knows it and he's trying to make up for it, but he knows he has a long way to go. Yet the person he's fighting against is also a terrible person. So you kind of want to see him take down the other terrible person, you know? Uh, yeah. it's, it's good. It's good. I, I, I don't know why more people don't talk about them. Like, I, I normally don't hear people mention their stuff. And it's, Valiant it's a has a small but lo- it's got a small but loyal fan base, and the people that like Valiant tend to like either only read Valiant or like they at least buy like almost everything. It's it's pretty rare, I think, from the people that I know at least that read it that like you just buy the one book. You know, it's like nah. If you like Valiant, yeah. you're reading a bunch of this stuff. Um, it's like the people that are into it are really passionate about it, so it's. It's got the cool kind of like indie rock thing going for it. Um, yeah, that's cool. It's good because when when they did their relaunch, I think in what 2012, 2013 ish, they that uh, sounds right. I, I mean, they 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 <coughs> restarted their universe from scratch, so you can dive yeah. right in. Uh, you don't need to know anything else, but it's in term like yeah, everything's a clean slate. Modern day comics read really fast. I, I think last weekend I read. I want to say like eight to ten volumes of this stuff in a single day. Uh, it, no, so like <laughs> you can catch up to where they are now in 2018 in two or three months of just like, hey, I'm I'm gonna start checking out these books, and it's not much. Yeah, yeah. So it's good stuff. I'm I'm enjoying it. I think I'm. Uh, I've been following like a reading order of like what you should read for when it kind of takes place in the universe but by volume of the book not by issue you know um yeah 
And so I'm diving into Archer and Armstrong next. Uh, and I think Shadow Man is on my list. I've, I've read the first volume of Shadow Man previously, and I really liked that. Um, and the series that they're putting out now of Shadow Man, the covers that they do are gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, on that stuff. I've, I've been loving those. Uh, but yeah, good stuff. I I have another comics-related question for you. Sure. Um, so this p- p- past, like, week and a half to two weeks, um, won't go too down this rabbit hole. The, uh, uh, the whole bunch of the Comics Gate stuff has been popping up. Oh, man. Um, and I, you, you guys can do your own research on all of that stuff, but it's it's stupid. It's a mess. Comics Gate is terrible. Um, but I, 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 I saw something today that I I don't think I've seen any. So all right, let, let me back up recently a bunch more comics creators stood up and took a stand against comics and gate and was like this stuff is stupid there's you know we don't want this stuff basically um and it's it's neat to see the creators do that and stand up for themselves and their their peers and their coworkers and their collaborators but until today, I haven't seen a publisher kind of speak out in not not necessarily against it, but make some statement, right? Did did I, you did you see this whole thing that Alterna Comics tweeted out and the stuff with uh, I did, and I Tamar Bonvalon really and Jen Bartel just went off. <laughs> Um, so yeah. I, I think it's a really stupid move on their part. You I, know? I think so too. It just seems like you're trying to. It seems like you're just trying to play it safe with the comics great gate crowd, really. Yeah. So um, long long story short, what happened is Alterna Comics released a statement that didn't mention Comics Gate. It wasn't necessarily about that, but about some of the side effects that have been happening because of this, uh, and basically it was saying that you know if you submit a book to them for publishing and they choose it to get published you basically like are not allowed to use like blockchains or like automatic block things to block people using certain keywords or whatever um they 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 did mention you could block people but it was it it was very hazy it was a gray line of what you could and couldn't yeah, do. Yeah, they specified like just individually, which is like I don't know. And uh, yeah, it... I. It seems really <laughs> stupid. First of all, you're you're trying to you're trying to tell these creators what they can and can't do on their social media, and, and which I have a doesn't problem. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, with that, um, you don't get to run their social media. Yeah, exactly. Websites. And then I don't know. Uh, I don't like the trying to just play it safe angle. Like they're, they're comics trying to play it is a bunch of... in the sense that hey, yeah. even these guys who have these beliefs that are not so great, like we want them to read our comic books too. Is yeah, kind that's of the basically they're trying to piss them off. I kind of, I kind of wish people would just make it more clear. Like, look, 
like I'm a grown man. I'm 38 years old. Uh, not every comic out there in the market is aimed at me, and I'm not gonna like everything. Does that mean that I'm under attack? Of course not. Uh, there's books that I love, for example, that aren't necessarily my demographic, like, uh, Goldie Vance is one of my favorite books, and that's, like, aimed right. at young adults, but, like, I adore it, but you know what, like, I don't, like, My Little Pony, I don't get it, I think bronies are really creepy, like, I'm not saying you can't be a dude and like little My Little Pony, you, you totally can, but I'm talking about the guys that, like, sexualize it and make it, like, really gross, yeah. that's, like, really nasty to me. So for that very reason, like, when I see My Little Pony stuff, I consciously just, like, I just can't even look at it. Um, and it's not because of the material itself. It's because of, like, the connotation it has with just gross fuckboys. Um, but it's like, I don't get offended that they're putting those books out. Right. And uh, I don't know. I, it's like, not everything is, is for you. I don't... Like, you're not under attack because every comic ever doesn't have, like, a straight white guy as the lead. First of all... You literally, like, look at, like, a character, like, if you just stuck with mainstream books, like, I don't know, Captain America, whatever, it's, like, 80 of their years, 75 of their years, whatever it is, like, the majority of their life cycles have been a straight white guy. Yeah. And most mainstream comics are still that. They're getting a lot better with, you know, having they're, more representation and, and different people. Yeah. And, but, like... Even if they never made another straight white male character again, which we know is not going to happen, but hypothetically, if they never did again, you, you'd still have enough for, like, three lifetimes. You know, honestly. Yeah. Like, my demographic is so oversaturated and so overrepresented. Um, I think it's fantastic that, you know, there's Muslim superheroes now, you know, and Jewish superheroes. And, and there have been some for a while, but, you know, I like that there's and more, more now. I mean, like, back in the day, it was a bigger places. deal that, like, Kitty Pride was, like, a Jewish X-Men character in, like, the 70s, and it was, like, that was a huge deal at the time. And, like, yeah. first time they had, like, gay characters and stuff, and, like, uh, we're slowly getting to a place where it doesn't seem like it's as big of a deal, and that should be the whole point. It's, like, it should just be about awesome stories. At the same time, like, representation matters, and it's very important that, like... Like, I love when I see little... Like, a little black kid dressed up like Miles Morales or, like, yeah. you know, Black Panther or something. Fuck yeah. That makes me feel so good. Like, I love to see that. And uh, and I think I've said before on the show, but, I uh, you know, like, my kids are little white girls, and, like, they love Doc McStuffins. Um, I also think it's important for them to see people of color and people that look different than them, with different beliefs than them, also in, you know, heroic, powerful leadership roles as well. Right. So, like, even though Doc McStuffins is a cartoon character, it's like, that's a character that they look up to, and I think that's important as well. And, like, they even dress up like her and stuff, and I think that's super cool. Because um, the media we consume does factor into our views on people and you know growing up as a kid in the 80s and 90s like a lot of the people of color i saw on tv shows were drug addicts rapists pimps they were villains and uh yeah you can say it's fake and it's tv and it's movies but like how many of them were the heroes it didn't happen a lot yeah frankly so um, it's starting to happen more now but that filters in yeah so i i, I guess my my question is when or how how do publishers factor in to uh, like like how 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 do they take a stand against Comicsgate or should they what like where do they fit? I don't this think I think I mean I think they should I don't think they will, but I think they should. Um, and 
I don't know. I mean, I get, I get as a business model, like not wanting to like you know specifically ever say that you're excluding someone, but like Comics Gate isn't like one type of person. It's like a it's it's an actual hate group made up of right. like just these very bitter individuals, and so. Um, in the same way that, like, every conservative person is not, you know, a Nazi or a member of the KKK, but, you know, but then, like, if you look at the alt-right, well, that certainly seems to be the thing. Uh, it's like, I, I think you can look at that very narrow demographic and say, and I don't know how you need to phrase it, I'm not a PR person at, you know, Marvel or whatever, but, uh, I would definitely say, you know, like, look, (laughs) we, we make comics for everyone, and we mean everyone, and so that's gonna mean little girls and you know older people and uh, and people of color and people queer on the people, left, people and, on the right and people yeah people 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 that are more con- yeah exactly people on the left people on the right um, you know people that are religious people that are atheists uh, there's you know a bunch of different um, demographics um, of the population in this world that we're living in and. Uh, I look at characters like Kamala Khan and and Miles Morales, and it's like they're some of the more popular Marvel characters. And I don't think it's because... Well, I think in part it's because of, you know, who they are as characters, but it's also um, because those people have been starved for representation. But, you know, you listen to, like, comics gate idiots, and they're like, well, that's the only reason they succeed. And it's like, no, no, no. It's The stories are good. The characters are interesting. Like, Kamala Khan is awesome. Like, she's just a really well-written character. She's adorable. She's, like, a teenage fangirl, so, like, we can kind of see ourselves in her and that, like, I also love superheroes. And so even though, like, I'm a dude and I haven't been a teenager in 20 years, but, um, you know, I, as a lover of comic books, can understand that geeking out part of it, like, and so I read Miss Marvel and I can still attach myself to it and really, really love it. Because um, something else gonna... I saw today uh, mm-hmm. that 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 kind of fits into the same thing, but isn't necessarily like it. It wasn't a result of what Alternus had or related to that necessarily. I saw another publisher uh, retweet a tweet of a glowing review of one of their, I guess, their recent comic books, a a new number one that came out this past week or or so. I don't remember what it was, uh, but it, you know, short tweet. They they had a glowing review. Oh, it's a great book. It does X, Y, and Z. It's fantastic. You should check. You should check it out. Um, and yet in their Twitter handle. This person had the red X that all of these comics people have. And then I looked at the guy's profile picture, and him and his wife both have on MAGA hats. And so I looked at the guy's profile, and yeah, I was like, maybe they're doing it ironically. I don't know. Like, I just, you know, I was just curious to, to see who this person was. And yeah, in their bio, they had hashtag Comicsgate, hashtag Make America Great Again, and stuff like that. And that was another thing. I was like, that also, I I don't know what the right thing to do is there. Because it's, 
it's a glowing review of this publisher's comic. They didn't say anything controversial. They, they, you know, like it's, it's, Hey, this book is honestly a great one. You should go check it out. And this, but like, yeah. there's these obvious visual markers of what like this person's beliefs are. And it's, it's, it's strange to me to know that some of these <coughs> beliefs end up being very hateful and, and stuff like that. And it's like, I, if, yeah, if I was I think running as a, soul- a publisher, like, I don't know if I would yeah. want to retweet that, even though it's a I think it's a, I think that's a mistake. I think, you know, well, like, I had a tweet yesterday, and it was basically, uh, I, I'm a big fan of social justice, but I hate takedown culture. Um, I don't like that we live in a world where, like, you can't make any mistakes without, like, people raking you across the coals. I don't know how many times it's like, yeah. I'll cancel this person because they said <laughs> this one thing. Yeah, like, we need to be in a world where we have teachable moments, you know, where we can grow as people. Like, the James Gunn conversation has definitely been one where it's like, yeah, yeah, he said some really dumb shit, and he shouldn't have said it, and it wasn't funny. At the same time, he said it, like, seven or eight years ago, and he apologized for it. And more importantly, he didn't just apologize, he actually got better as a person and, like, moved past it. At the same time, I mean, that's different than someone that's, like actively abusive and hurtful or someone that has a pattern of doing the same thing and you know sorry if this offends but if you're wearing a MAGA hat at this point in 2018 you're a hateful person you just are and I know that at this point you're like willfully wearing something proudly that you know represents the hate this is like the most blatantly openly like racist and homophobic and transphobic administration i've ever seen and we've certainly had plenty of you know racist presidents and sexist presidents like but (laughs) that's so it's so in the open now in a way that it's it has emboldened a lot of people and so yeah like when i see maga hat it really is like a red flag to me uh and so yeah as a social media person back if I if I saw that you got it, that's going to trace back to them. You know what I mean? Like people people are going to see that now. So it's I get like looking at a review and going like, oh, that's really great. Like that looks good for us. But then it doesn't look good when you look at who it is. And goes, in this day and yeah, age of Twitter and Tumblr to, and Facebook and everything, that goes back to what we said earlier, though. Of like, yeah, these publishers probably should or you know they, they they might make books for every for everyone and that might be the extent of what they say like we really mean that when we say everyone so well and i guess I everyone i guess this guy's beliefs like yeah you know are is that publisher necessarily wrong for retweeting that tweet I don't know. Like, it, it rubs me the wrong way, I, but I don't know if I can... I think, like, um, one, and like, most... That's why I have Most people do say... Yet, yeah, and most people do say comics for everyone, and, and part of me, like, does agree with that, but then I think, well, are there comics for, like, racists, or should there be... I mean, there are. I mean, like, they've, ha- they've had to jump on Kickstarter. I don't know if you've seen any of the work that they've done, but, like, like people like Ethan Van Skyver now, like, they... Thankfully, I mean, most publishers at this point are aware that, like, hiring these people and actually publishing their stuff um, is not good for them. And so that's why they can't get their book works published um, at major publishers anymore. Right. Um, and, of course, that's being blamed on, you know, whatever, quote-unquote PC culture, not the fact that they're idiots or whatever, or maybe their work actually isn't good enough. That never crossed their mind. Um 
but yeah, like, I don't know, I guess there's like bigger companies, Marvel and stuff, um, Comics for Everyone sounds nicer, but like, I, I guess if you're a big company, you know, it's like, well, com- I don't know how you would say it, but it's like, well, comics are for, you know, people that love comics, you know, and as long as, as long as you have that, we're fine, um, you're not, even like, like we were talking about Valiant, and I love Valiant, but like, some book, some of the books are better than others, some aren't, you know, more my cup of tea, and that's fine, um, yeah, you know, like Shadow Man's, it's okay, you know, I like Archer and Armstrong better, or Quantum and Woody better, but, you know, the person that comes along and says they like Shadow Man best, are they wrong? Of course not. That's just, just a book that, like, speaks to them like. more. Um, so when I think, yeah, comics for everyone, it's like, well, I, I personally, like, I mean, there are comics that are, like, full of, you know, hate and racism and things like that and horrible messages. And, like, um, I don't want any part of, of that personally i i really wish these companies would come out with statements because i could see from being like a pr standpoint you could come come out with an image say your marvel comics and you've got the lineup so you have a cool poster and it's like here here's dr strange over here we love dr strange here's kamala khan you love kamala khan you know you can have you know captain marvel squirrel girl so you have like a big because these are, like, some of the most popular characters anyway, but then it also shows you, like, hey, there's a white guy, there's a young Pakistani-American girl. Like, you can show, hey, this is the range that we have, and not everything is going to be for everyone, but this is as Marvel Comics, this is what we do. And um, have some kind of message that's like, you know, we believe in heroics, we believe, you know, in love, we believe, we believe in progress and moving forward. And, you know, if you're okay with that then that's what we do and you can keep it like vague you know like that uh but um you know where it's like ultimately we're trying to make positive stories i mean marvel and dc ultimately these are supposed to be heroic characters right you know and um with heroic ideals and we've seen anti-racist stuff going back to you know, like World War Two with, you know, Captain America and, and Superman. And we've also seen them being used for racist things as well. I mean, these characters are powerful tools. Um, but I personally love when you the, you can see people sharing, like, here's a Superman cartoon from the 50s, and it's like, hey, kids, someone might say that person's not American, but they're actually just as American as you. And, like, it's important to know that just because someone speaks with an accent or they worship differently than you or, you know, they look different than you, like... If they're American, they're American. You have to respect them. Um, there was a time when, like, that was, like, again, like, Superman was very blatantly used as a propaganda tool in the most pos- positive way to, like, be very, you know, pro-America sure. and, and pro-immigration and pro-peace. Um, and I I would love to see these companies continue to do that. Um, when you have a character like a Superman or like a Captain America, they are, despite being fictional characters, they're so ingrained in the American psyche. So many people look up to them, and they do stand for something, and people know that. And so, like, you have to... I think you have to respect that, and I think part of, you know, it's like the public consciousness kind of also helps own those characters, you know, as well. Like, like we all feel like they're, they're a part of us, and so I think, like, even even now in 2018, it's or more than ever, frankly, it's probably important to have, hey, I'm Steve Rogers, I'm Captain America, and then, you know, this is my buddy here, and he doesn't look like me, but, you know, 
he fought in the war just like I did, or he fought in yeah. a different war, but he's also a soldier, or whatever it is, to just to be like, hey, we're on the same team, period. Like, I, I want to see more of that, absolutely. Um, they used to do it, they could do it again. Um, that's, I guess, I don't know, some version of that, like, very yeah. <laughs> very pro-peace, pro-love propaganda. You don't have to say you're anti-anything, but you do have to make it clear that, like, hey, you know, you don't have to look like me. You don't have to act like me. Um, if they could do that, I would be fine with that. Yeah, we'll and see. I think I have to leave. My my kids are telling me that I that yeah I they are go. <laughs> they are going crazy. They want some attention. Uh, any 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 final words, Kyle? Anything I need to say before? No, I, uh, I I think I think that wraps it up. Where where can the people find yeah. you on the in, the interwebs then? <laughs> I'm at the Bobby Krogan on everything, mostly active on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my pro Instagram is uh, Eric Manic Photography if you like uh, cosplay photos and stuff. Um, and yeah, just uh, Eric Manic's on uh, Facebook, and I think that's the only thing that I actually um, ever use, really. And um, yeah, Independent Focus is coming soon, so make sure to check that out. And questionable commentary if you search for those on Twitter, uh, you will find them. That, that new artwork. Yeah, Jacoby, that, he's yeah. Jacoby's doing a color version. Jacoby's going to do a color version. We're going to use your logo. Um, I'm going to do a mock-up of it that looks like because the, the the image he did is basically like from the Top Gun, like the record from right. the soundtrack. And so I'm going to do like a mock-up of that that'll have all of the info. It could be like you know whatnots presents boom 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 and it'll basically look like the old you know vinyl record cover but with me and jess instead cool, cool. uh it looks really dope already and i'm super hyped about it um let's see that being said you can find me on the interwebs at hush 315 on twitter uh and we have updates for all of our shows on twitter at the whatnots uh you can find out uh, more information about all of our shows and the ever so often article or review on our website, which is the whatnots.com. Uh, let's see. I think this is, we have one more week left until our RSS feed, uh, the old one is shut down. Uh, so if you have not yet resubscribed to the new ones, go do that right now. You can just search the whatnots uh, in iTunes or wherever ever you get your podcasts and our show should pop up go subscribe to the review show go subscribe to the captain's log and the reactor core do not subscribe to the one that only says the whatnots because that's the one that we will be shutting down um i think that is it thank you guys for checking out cool the live stream if you guys came in and enjoyed that if not this will be up a week afterwards uh on youtube and as a podcast uh, and if you liked this show or any of the other ones that we do patreon.com slash the whatnots and you can throw us a buck get all of our episodes early uh and some other cool rewards and such i believe that is it Word. episode 20 of the captain's log that's it uh, we will see you guys next week. Adios, guys. Bye.